What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What is up, all of you beautiful beautiful people welcome into another dynasty by video with myself and robbie jeffries today we're going to be touching on rebuilds that that is a the beautiful thing about dynasty if your team is out of it as opposed to redraft that's it's kind of it you know you fold up your lawn chair and you go home dynasty that work is just beginning so before we jump into it i do just want to kind of touch on real quick robbie what is your approach whenever you're making trades for rebuilds. I'll just throw mine out there. Obviously, you can look at you know getting guys cheap who are going to be part of your dynasty teams for the next two to three years. But I think something that is you know doesn't really seem to be talked about, maybe it is, and I just don't hear it. But I think you can, you can also look at guys who you can buy low, you know, kind of treating it like the stock exchange, right? You buy something low, you wait for it to increase in value, and then you cash out, you take that profit, and then you go buy something else. And that's kind of where, you know, I think that's something that people can really look to do with their rebuild trades. But I'm curious to hear if, you know, how you approach your, your rebuilds and how you kind of look at trades whenever one of your teams is in that situation. Yeah, I'd say the number one thing I do more with rebuilds is, is I think you can take on more risk, right? Like when you have a championship team, you want to keep it safe. You want to get the production. You want to make sure it's now. You want to just make sure you have it all locked down. But with a rebuild... I think it's okay to take, you know, some flyers on riskier players. Like, will he be better next year? Will he fall off a cliff? You know, there's probably more emphasis on younger players, obviously, because you're rebuild. You don't want to get the Todd Gurley, who's maybe over the hill. You don't want to get the Frank Gores. You want to obviously get younger players because you're looking at that two, three year window as you are rebuilding. But I think it's also okay to take maybe a player that's young that hasn't quite popped yet or, or someone that had a, a bad rookie year or something like that. So I like to add a little bit more risk in some of those players because they're, they're cheaper in price, like he said, and then they have that chance. If they do hit on that stock, you're going way up and you're going to hasten your, your build to the top. I, I will kick things off here for the brand. Got to go with my guy to start this off, and that is Denzel Mims. We, we did see him flash a little bit in that horrid, putrid, just – flaming dumpster fire bag of shit on your front doorstep offense that they were in. You know, one thing I think we also have to keep in mind with Mims, barely practiced during the offseason and training camp, and then he was put on IR to begin the season, didn't play until week seven of this year. And I think just the fact that Adam Gase is out of that building, hopefully out of that state, get him as far away from Denzel Mims as you can possibly get him. I think that alone puts him on the rise. Add in the possibility of better quarterback play, and at the very least, if they stick with Sam Darnold, we should feel confident in that's going to be a better offensive scheme and a better offensive system uh, set up for him. So I think Mims is someone who should see his production and therefore his fantasy stock rise over the next couple of seasons. So even if your team is, you know, two to three years away from like actually contending, I think you could trade for Mims now. And like I said, at the beginning of the video, you could either flip him and get, you know, get uh, more capital and, you know, to, to be able to go and make a bigger trade, or you can just hold on to him and ride that out with Denzel Mims. You no, know, I think Carson Wentz kind of goes on that risky player 
um, tandem that I talked about early in, in this video. And right now he's QB 23 in January's ADP. And here, here's the thing. I don't think Carson Wentz is dead and gone. He's just broken right now, right? I think his cheerleaders in, in Howie Roseman in that the Eagles front office is, is still there. The head coach who he kind of butted heads with is gone. So I think his side of the party is still there. And so if Carson Wentz does stay with the Philadelphia Eagles, I think he has a chance to compete for that job with Jalen Hurts because as, as much as Jalen Hurts balled out fantasy-wise, you know, he had his struggles. He, he was much better at pushing the ball down the field. I'll absolutely give him that. But he completed even less percent of his passes than Carson Wentz with just 55%. Um, we saw some games where he really struggled to just get completions and first downs. So I think it's still an open QB competition there. And then there's also the opportunity of Wentz being traded. I think a lot of people have kind of linked him to Indianapolis with that Frank Wright connection. So I think that's a possibility. But then there's also New England after the Cam Newton experiment failed. I think there's a couple of options there. I think there's a couple of opportunities for Carson Wentz, who, again, I, I think he's we've seen years of Carson Wentz being good. And we saw one year last year of him being really, really bad. I'm going to choose to believe that, that he's not as bad as a long-term quarterback as we saw this year. He can be fixed. And so I think he's a guy that you can probably get for – uh, an early 2022nd in Superflex leagues. If we're talking about single QB leagues, man, he might be, you know, a third, a fourth even. I don't even know. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is a guy that you can get for super cheap. And you can wait. Maybe he doesn't get a starting gig right away. Maybe he's a Jameis Winston wait-and-see kind of situation, and then we're looking at a year later. But that's the beauty with, with a rebuild is that you can take these riskier players, wait a little bit, and see if they hit because right now he's very, very cheap. Yeah, I think you have, he's someone who – Almost no matter what happens, his situation has to improve one way or another. Uh, you, you were kind of mentioning cap space and players who might be moving and opening things up. As it stands right now, the Minnesota Vikings are one of 13 teams over the cap per Spotrack. So someone I want to bring to the table as a, as a rebuild kind of piece, and I normally don't really talk about this position all that much, and that is Irv Smith at tight end. Like I said, they're, they're, they are in some cap trouble. But if Adam Thielen were to be traded or released, and again, getting a little bit older, obviously you have the, the emergence of Justin Jefferson, who just absolutely tore it up this year. Minnesota would save, depending on whenever they were to trade or release him, they would save either 8 or $11 million on their cap. And the guy that obviously Irv Smith would be usurping would be Kyle Rudolph. And again, Minnesota could save even more cap space if they were to move on from him as well, even though they just gave him that extension. So they could save either 5 or $8 million, whether that's a pre or post uh, June 1st move, I believe. So you could potentially be looking at a team that has Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and then enter Irv Smith. Obviously, you know, we, we really liked his collegiate production. He's he's a he's a young guy who's going to be 23 for the entire 2021 season, entering his third year. We all talk about the third year tight end and wide receiver leaps in the NFL. He ran a 80th percentile 40-yard dash and had a 71st percentile speed score. And, you know, we, we did see him pop a little bit this year. And if, you know, obviously if Thielen and Rudolph are out of the picture, that's just going to clear things up for him, even in a run-first Mike Zimmer, old ass 1940 dinosaur offense. I still think Irv Smith could be a player who could still get his 
and give you good production. I think he was like tight end 15 or tight end 16 in January's ADP. So I think we're, what we're seeing with some of these guys, you know, like Kelsey, Kittle, Darren Waller, there's a clear advantage to having one of these guys. Like you said, you can take chances on some of these guys when you're in a rebuild. I really don't think Irv Smith is going to cost you too much. So he's someone who I'd definitely be kicking the tires on. And especially if you're still out, you know, another two to three seasons, you can wait on the tight end position to really pop. And I think Irv Smith has, if everything hits for him. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Top five tight end upside? Yeah, no, absolutely. He has the athleticism. That's a perfect rebuild because maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes two years, but that, that upside is definitely there. I'm going to talk about a player who I think we saw a lot of his upside the latter half of the year. But for some reason, his, his dynasty ADP isn't following that. And that's David Montgomery, who's running back 20 in January ADP, even after his amazing end stretch of the year. You know, this man brought home championships and he was running back four on the year and he's not even 24 yet. So that's the recipe for a top five running back, right? Except it's not. He's running back 20, which I just... I, I just don't get it all. The knock on him, which I will agree, is that with Treat Cohen out, he obviously had the backfield all to himself. He had the highest snap share of any running back. We're, we're looking at like 2019 Christian McCaffrey-like snap shares. And his 68 targets in 2020 probably goes down in 2021 with Tariq Cohen coming back into the fold. But the Bears have seen that he can do this. He did this at Iowa State. He's a really good receiving back. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Tariq Cohen get his 100 targets, maybe Tariq Cohen's more in that 60-70 range. And David Montgomery can still get 40-50 targets, maybe around that uh, Joe Mixon range of, of receiving targets. So I think he can he can still keep that as part of his game. And then let's talk about just him as a runner. He is top. He was a top 15 running back in yards after contact. He ranked bottom 10 in yards before contact. We're talking about one of the worst offensive run blocking lines. For two years now, he's been running behind him. He managed to overcome it this year. And heaven help me if Chicago doesn't address that in the draft this year. They have to. And so I hope that that gets better for him. You know, he was a workhorse back this last year with over 300 touches. I, I still think he will get a lot of that work back. So 275 plus um, going forward in 2021. So I'll take the talent that, that, we, that we saw from him. I'll take the volume that we saw from him in, a, in an offense that I would only hope can get better at the run blocking because it's really hard to get worse than they were uh, the past two years. So that's a guy I'm absolutely looking at uh, for rebuild. The, the last one that I want to touch on real quick 
Paris Campbell. I, I think he's someone who is super interesting for a rebuild. He's going to bring something to that Colts offense that they don't currently have, which is speed and versatility. You know, we he was obviously used at running back at Ohio State. We actually we saw him being used on a couple of handoffs in his injury shortened season this year. He actually got injured, I think, on a design run play for him. And that game before, he led the team or he tied the team lead and targets with nine, and he also tied the team league in catches with six, and he led the team with 71 receiving yards. And, you know, we I talked about Michael Pittman on the buy low video we did. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you check that out after this one's over. But I, I think that that is, a, that is an offense that, as well as they performed, this year, they could they could improve going forward uh, as well if they a quarterback who could you know do a little bit more than what Philip Rivers did this year. So, I think Campbell is falls into that. You know, you can either take the chance on him because of his injuries, or he falls into the perfect like buy low right now. Wait until he pops up, you know, halfway through the season, puts up some good production, and then you can flip him if even if you don't believe in him long term. The the one caveat I will say with that is if you want to do moves like that, just make sure that your league is active. There's nothing worse than going out, acquiring a bunch of these guys and being like, all right, as soon as Paris Campbell jumps off, I'm going to flip him. Then he jumps off. It, it all seems to be falling in place for you. And then your league is like kind of crickets and there's, you know, two or three teams that are always moving and shaking and like the rest of the league is, is you know, semi-inactive. So that would be the one thing that I would caution if you're if you're newer to Dynasty before you go out and make all these moves, make sure that your league is actually active and, you know, will help out in, in your rebuild. Yeah, uh, that's a great point because there, there's nothing worse than you have that that rebuild in mind and then no, nobody's kind of letting you flip these players back to them. Um, so you definitely have to make sure that the, those leagues are active. You know, I'm going to go back to the tight end. Well, we're going to have two tight ends uh, in our in our buys here for the rebuilds because I think this this is the position I think you definitely buy uh, for rebuilds because we've we've seen that they take some time. You know, you talked about Irv Smith going into his third season. I'm going to talk about Mike Kosecki going into his fourth season. We don't talk about the the tight end going into their fourth season all the time, but I think uh, that can that can apply here maybe. Mike Gusecki is tight end 11 in ADP. So he's just inside top 12 tight ends. But, you know, for his production this past year, I feel like he's kind of underrated just because he was very hit or miss. I know a lot of tight ends are very hit or miss, but he was definitely in that, that range as well. He finished as fourth in receiving yards of all tight ends, which really surprised me when I was kind of researching him. I figured he would be down there at, you know, 10, 11, 12, but he was fourth in receiving yards. He ranked top 10 in yards per reception. He's a down the field type of guy, which we knew, you know, coming out of Penn State, he, he's basically a glorified wide receiver, right? He, he's 6'6", 250, but he runs in the four fives for his 40 time. You know, he's a 99 percentile uh, athlete in burst agility and catch radius on playerprofile.com. So, you know, that's comparable to Vernon Davis, one of the most athletic tight ends of all time. So, He's an athlete that happens to also be good at catching the football. We've seen him improve in every single season. The first year, he was kind of a dud. Second year, we, we saw some blips. Then this third year, you know, uh, he has over 700 uh, receiving yards, and, and we see him kind of ascend as, as a really go-to target along with Devontae Parker. Now, we need Tua to continue to develop, and Tua has the, the skills, I think. He just needs to work on the confidence a little bit, and I think that comes. You know, he Again, we're talking about a lot of rookies who didn't have an offseason, so I do think Tua gets better and starts pushing the ball down the field like we saw 
Brian Fitzpatrick do uh, when he was the starter. So, you know, Gaseki enters season number four in 2021 and, and kind of going back to Vernon Davis, I just kind of, not to compare him completely, but, you know, that's when we saw Vernon Davis take off as tight end one all the way back, Cody, to 2009, take you back to yesteryear. He was a tight end one. He really popped off, had 13 touchdowns over 900 yards. You know, and he followed that up with a tight end three and a tight end eight, eight season. So I think this is kind of your last chance to buy low. Uh, on Mike Kosicki before he kind of uh, ascends because he's either going to ascend or he's not going to do it at all. And I think he definitely ascends here in year four. Leave it to Adam Gase to take a, you know, a physical specimen like that with, with his athleticism and be like, you know what he should do? He should block. That's mm-hmm. what we should do. Let's put him in line and make him block. So I think he's still showering off some of that Adam Gase stench. And I, I, I do like his, his outlook with Tua or maybe even, dare I say, Deshaun Watson. Either not, way, not either a way. You know, we, we also have to remember with Tua that he was dealing with that hip injury coming into this year and you know, kind of got thrown into the fold as the starting quarterback halfway through the year. So we appreciate all you checking this out. If you are not yet subscribed, please hit that subscribe and that like button. It really helps us out. If you have any questions, comments, you know, things that you would like to see from us going forward, please let us know by dropping a comment below and please be sure to check out the other videos that we have done and we'll talk to you guys soon. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.